All right, it's Yabamba. Yeah, 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 Yabamba. Yabamba, Yabamba, Yabamba! Yeah, 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 Yabamba! Yeah, 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 Yabamba! Just scored a goal, just scored a goal! God, I can't sing at all. Nobody knows the trouble we've seen. Nobody knows the press of this dream. Hello and welcome to Unnecessary Tackle Cast. It is a podcast that is made possible by a generous grant from the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, the Free <laughs> Charitable Trust, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, and by the annual financial support from the of viewers, viewers like you. I like kid, we don't have any money. <laughs> The closest we have to any kind of institutional financial support was like when we uh, did that one episode at the coffee shop in Evanston and we got undercharged for one of the coffees. That is the closest (laughs) thing we have to any kind of corporate funding. (laughs) Anyway, so housekeeping. Uh, I guess we don't have any housekeeping this week. Uh, (laughs) Other than warning that like this is probably going to be one of our silly episodes. Uh, usually mm. some weeks is a mix of kind of serious and deep, thought-provoking stuff with, like, a little bit of sass. This is one of those all-sass episodes, so... <laughs> swear to you guys now, things are going to get a little weird. Sorry, man. This is going to fill in for an hour-ish of, of football, bad puns, sass. Lots of sass. <laughs> you shake your head at me. Alright, uh, that's all I've got. This episode, like garbage, comes in four parts. Just so we're clear, we're talking about the band, not the actual refuse. <laughs> well, of course we're talking about the band. Well, I... I mean, we, we got some youngins listening to this show, and they may not know... You know, they might not know about our grandpa rock... People who were too young to listen to music in the 90s? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, there are a lot of, like, teenagers who are All right, now. well, dear teenagers, um, Garbage was an alternative rock band from Wisconsin in the 90s. Um, they were very angsty, and their music videos come with trigger warnings. <laughs> They're pretty good, though. Right. They're pretty good. I enjoyed them. Well, and and this was the 90s. This is before they had trigger warnings, or before they were a thing. Oh, yeah. Well, long before. Right. So, If you're familiar uh, with any of their songs, it probably would be, I'm only happy when it rains. <laughs> that was kind would of... Would you say that was probably their top, their top single, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd go that far. Yeah. I'm only happy when it rains. Mm. Yeah, I'd say. If you you know if if you if you were a kid in the nineties and you had any amount of angst, uh, <laughs> you became you became intimately familiar with that song. That's yes. all I'm gonna say. And I mean, let's be real. In the nineties, everyone had angst. <laughs> we did. It's a good. It was a good decade if you were a goth kid. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was good. 
Uh, right, Wimbly Wombly's. Uh, they played four games since we met last time. Three of them in the No Pants Premier League. Uh, and then no one Pants them... Premier League. No pants. There are no pants. None. No pants. We no insist pants. on kilts. Or other non-bifurcated garments. I'd be fine with skirts or sarongs. Ooh, a sarong. Sarongs are really nice. Yeah, sarongs are great. Yeah. So, you know, as what long as it's on... culottes? Are culottes permitted? Uh, that's a good question. They're like, they're like bifurcated but, but flowy. Mmm. Questionable. Well, mm, we'll come back to this. We'll come back to where culottes in. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we not come back to it? Why don't we put it out there for listeners and they can let us know whether they think culottes and or squirts, squirts are basically a variation on the culotte, whether they're permissible in the no-pants Premier League. See, I think we, we need to talk about like what counts as pants, because for me, pants is, is just whether or not it's bifurcated or not. But I feel like for you, it's there's also this added metric of whether or not of like length. Well, I feel like for girls, there's often more categories for things like clothes and colors and things, we tend to be very specific with terms. Not all girls, of course. Some are just like, dude, I can't tell the difference between this shade of, you know, like what's magenta and what's fuchsia. I don't know. And of course, there are some guys who are like artists or graphic designers who are very attuned to shades of colors because, you know, for work, it's part of their job. They need to be. Um, so I don't want to be too generalized about it, but I think a lot of girls are kind of, if they're not into clothes, they at least have a, an extensive vocabulary for clothes because people talked to them about a lot about them growing up. The ontology does feel a little more fleshed out, a little more complex. Like like when I was in junior high, I was a huge fan of the um, the pantsuit with the flowy, like the all one piece. I don't know what they call them these days, jumpsuits or something. But with, like, the flowy slacks. All right. I can dig it. I was a big fan of those. I had quite a, quite a few of them. I wore a navy blue one to my mom's dad's funeral. When people say pantsuits, I think... Uh, Separates? No, I think both Hillary Clinton and Leslie Nope. And so I'm basically imagining you as director of the Parks Department. Oh, that would be awesome. I mean, I I'd know. be terrible at that job, but I adore Leslie Nope. I, yeah. We were just talking earlier about Valentine's Day and how I embrace it. And I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day at all, but I totally embrace Valentine's Day. I, I'm saying. Uh, She's a hero of mine. Not going to lie. Yeah, I love that show. Parks and Rec, Leslie Nope. No, and, like, when I say pantsuit, um, I wasn't referring to separates. I was referring to a one-piece garment. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. I don't know what they call them anymore. Yeah. Jumpsuits? I don't know either. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but they're back suddenly and inexplicably. Anyway, Wibbly Wobblies. No Pants <laughs> Premier League. No Pants Premier League! No Pants Premier League. There are no pants in this Premier League. We have beaten the pants off everyone in it. And, and they're, they are reduced to wearing non-bifurcated garments because we beat <laughs> the pants off them. And actually, what about a loincloth? Can they wear a loincloth? Absolutely. 
Loy That's like cloths. the ultimate in bifurcation, in, in unbifurcation, non-bifurcation. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I really don't think I can't think anybody would really be happy wearing loincloth unless they had boxers on under it, and those are bifurcated. I think mean, Diego Costa would because he doesn't care who sees his balls. <laughs> you know. Um, anywho. Diego Costa the loincloth, everybody else in kilts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, we played three games in the Novas Premier League and one game in the Europa League. Uh, we were at home to Arsenal, and we won 2-1. Uh, then we were away at Manchester Hare City, uh, and we got a standard... Did you just say Manchester Hare? Manchester Hare City. There's some hairs on that chest. They've been drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. Drink some of this, boy. It'll put hair on your chest. Exactly. Black coffee. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, and then they did got. Did you make that? No, no. I have to know. Did you make that up, or did you get that from somewhere? I got it off the internet. That's fabulous. Who came up with that? Oh I man. I don't know. I think it's just a thing. It, it is. It's definitely. That's a cool thing. I have not heard that one before. I wish I. I wish I knew the source. I would. Well, I would congratulate that person. I would shake them by the hand. Well, at first it was a meme, and there it was like two images, and one it was like Manchester hair. And a picture of like a a, a hairy man chest, and then uh-huh. the next image was like that same chest duplicated four times in the grid, and the text read "Manchester Hair United." And then uh, there was a follow up to that, where the text read "Manchester Hair City," and it was like a, a generic city skyline with made out of hairy chests. Yeah. Yep. Gonna have to Google these later. Well, I'll try to find some uh, representative examples and put them in the doobly doo. So check that out. Mm. Uh, so they were away at Manchester Hair City and they got a standard Swedley Pooper Dale Dale draw, which against Manchester City is. You know, pretty oh, good. I I was proud of that. You know, uh, to, to get to to nick a point at the Etihad. It's it's good times. It's good well stuff. done, boys. And then they were at home to Manchester Hair United and we won two 0 what? I, I know. I mean, yeah. So that was good. That was uh, that was a good day. That was a very good day. I'm saying it was a good day for John too, because anytime he can beat Manchester United, yeah, it's just yeah. It yeah. was very cathartic. I know we have a couple listeners who are Manchester United. Hey, listen, fans. we're not we're not knocking you. Um, some people can't help it. But we know where our where our true hearts lay. Whenever we can beat the pants off of you, we're going to. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then they had one uh, match day in the group stages of the Europa League. They were away at Ballerenga, uh, which is a team in Norway, I guess. Uh, and they also got a standard Swedish Pooper Dale Dale draw. So I think they're all like five points now in the group. After three match days, not bad, you know. Um, no. We do need to win a game at some point, but <laughs> yes. I think, I mean, I, th- I think we have a good shot at getting out of the group. We might finish second and have to play against a seeded team, but you know, 
you know, I think we can do something good. Wait, I'm not worried yet. Let's put it that way. So yeah, so the Wimbley Wobblies are doing pretty good. Uh, we're unbeaten in the last four games, so that's that's pretty good. I don't think we've lost a game since uh, Liverpool. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we're doing pretty good. And we're in the league where uh like upper mid table. We're not we're not quite, you know, threading for top four yet, but yeah, you know, we're we're I think we're in like eighth or nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean for for a newly promoted team with no money and aging talent. We're 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 doing okay. We are doing okay. So huzzah. We don't have a lot to talk about with the topics because uh, I'm going to love it with you guys. I tried to read uh, Ulysses in high school, and I ran away screaming, and <laughs> I'm still kind of traumatized from the experience. So I don't have a lot to talk about in terms of Irish uh, literature. And uh, also, marriage is an oppressive institution that's really more about treating women as property rights. So we're going to gloss over that. <laughs> Uh, but I'm we sure are... marriage can be excellent. It's just that neither one of us have any experience of it, so we're not going to burden you with our wild speculation. Precisely. Um, <laughs> it would be purely speculative on our part. Um, purely speculative. Yes. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up, and it's sort of tangential, uh, I'm a huge fan of PBS Idea Channel, and they did a really great episode this week, uh, which I guess is last week, if you, by the time you're listening to this, about uh, fanfic and romance, and it was largely in the context of Legend of Korra. They also said a lot of interesting stuff about fanfic and shipping in general, and normally I would save something like this for the rabbit hole, but I'm bringing it up in the Wibbly Wombly section because Bald John Green and other John Green. And it, like especially one of the points was that what happens when something that is ostensibly like a fan ship becomes canon... We and, talked and about we, this last week too. We have, and we talked, we touched on this at various points in the past. But you know, it's, is, it's this video kind of brought it back up. So I, we we won't we won't retread that territory. But this is a really interesting video. So we'll put the link for that in the doobly doo, and I highly recommend it. Uh, there's some spoilers for Legend of Korra, so if you don't want to be spoiled for it, maybe don't watch it. I I haven't watched it. I don't care about spoilers, but yeah. But no, it, it was really interesting because you know. All John Green and other John Green. Yay, they're so cute. And then John talked mm-hmm. about women on the internet, and I feel like that's all we ever talk about, so I really don't feel the need yeah. to get into that either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's it's it was good to hear him talk about that, though. I appreciated that greatly. Yeah. Yeah. It's got me... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple projects I'd like, like to do on like ideas I have for a couple of online projects, but um, purely as a function of A, time, and B, not wanting to let myself in for a bunch of garbage, I haven't done anything about them, so. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about this in the midst of, like, Emily Grassley getting another round of crap. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I worry about her. And she's not even the only woman who's active in, like, Dirt Fighter Projects that gets a lot of crap. Like, uh, oh, I forget her name, but she's one of the co-hosts for uh, SciShow Space. All the comments on the videos that she presents are terrible. And they're saying horrible things about this. And Hank has talked about this before. And it's just, ugh. You know who was talking about this? Um, Mm. Oh, gosh, gosh. Um, 
uh, Ira Glass on This American Life. Um, yeah. They had a, an episode recently um, where he talked about the feedback that they get for their female, I get, I don't know, what would you call them, reporters, presenters? Um, and and any, when any time a female member of their team does a, a piece for them, they get a lot of comments about, I guess the most recent one is, is um, about vocal fry, and I, I just, because we're talking about this, I just noticed myself have that a minute or two ago. Only because we're talking about it. <laughs> it's like it's like when you think about yawning, you end up yawning yourself within like a minute. Like that's an actual phenomenon that has been measured. Anyway. There you go. Anyway, that's the Wibbly Wobblies Fortnite. Uh, the team is doing great, and uh, we're gonna be the pants off of everybody. It's gonna be great, and then we're gonna get into Champions League next season, and we're gonna be the pants off of Europe. Yay! It's true. No pants, Champions League. No pants, Champions League. These are no pants. No pants. No more pants. No. They grow no. Daisy Queen. You, you need to. Okay. No pants. Oh, oh, right, but you can stop now. <laughs> Divine. No singing. <laughs> no pants and no singing. This is the no singing Premier League. Good lord. Don't make me pull out Betty Davis. Oh man, I didn't realize I was that close <laughs> to active bitch face. <laughs> So that's the Wibbly Wobblies. AFC Wimbledon. Uh, a lot of stuff happening in the past couple weeks. Before we get on to results, there was there was a really big thing that happened last week. Uh, Alan Bennett, uh, captain of the club, has left AFC Wimbledon. He, he had his contract terminated by, by mutual consent. And usually when they say by mutual consent, it's a euphemism before, before you know, we let them go. But it does seem like it was a mutual kind of thing. And Alan Bennett signed with Cork City. They are in the League of Ireland, and apparently they were Alan Bennett's boyhood club. He played for them in their youth setup and then in their senior team before coming over to England to play for Reading. Uh, and then just kind of bounced around England and finally ended up at AFC Wimbledon. And now he's going back home to play as a player coach. He was signed just about two years ago uh, in the January 2013 transfer window and was, like, really huge and helping AFC Wimbledon avoid relegation, and he's just been, like, a big presence in the dressing room, and he's been a consummate gentleman, and he was absolutely the perfect person to wear the armband, and I'm, I'm still a little emotional about this. So. Our loss is Ireland's game. So they announced that right before last Saturday's game, and said, uh, you know, he was basically already gone, uh, and... They did a thing at halftime at their home game against Newport County and just to say goodbye. And they trotted them out onto the pitch and they had a thing and they said goodbye and, you know, that's it. He's gone. He's already with Cork City. So, <laughs> shut up. You're crying. <laughs> so that's sucks. Allergies, man. It's allergies. God, it's something in my eye. 
Uh, so so that's that's the big thing. Ellen Bennett is gone. So Barry Fuller is club captain in addition to being de facto first team captain. Because Alan Bennett wasn't getting a lot of minutes, and so Barry Fuller was just kind of wearing the armband for the most part. So now it's official. He is actually club captain now, which is a good choice. You know, he, he's, he's been a solid presence, and he plays because he's a really good right back. So that weekend we were at home to Newport County, and we won. Yay! Uh, we won 2-0, and it was great. Uh, and then midweek, we were away at Burton Albion, and we got a standard Sweetly Pooper nil-deal draw. Uh, at one point, we went down to 10 men. Uh, Mark Phillips got a straight red card. And Burton Albion at the time were top of the table. So the fact that we got out of there with a point in the clean sheet is really, really good. Yes. Yes, uh, it so is. We held, so we held on, and yeah. Um... <laughs> so we we are recording this on Friday. The their next game, which is away at Shrewsbury, hasn't happened yet for us. So we are going to hop in the TARDIS and take a peek at what happened at the game, and we are going to report back to you. So we're going to hop in the TARDIS, and we will see you in the future, which for you is actually the recent past. So hold on tight. All right, we have landed in the near future for us, which is the recent past for you guys sitting at home listening to us. Um, in, a, in a parallel universe or something like that. Some I don't know. I'm 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 yeah, for being a time lord, I'm not totally caught up <laughs> on the uh on the uh, science behind this. But basically we've 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 emerged from the TARDIS and we've poked our heads out in our, in, in in the near future of our relative timelines and we went to see what happened with AFC Wimbledon away at Shrewsbury. The news, my friends, is not good. Uh, Wimbledon lost 2-0. They conceded late in the first half, sort of against a run of play, and then they conceded again soon after the start of the second half, and that was basically it. So, um, to, you know, to their credit, Shrewsbury are very, very good right now, and they're currently south of the table, and they... Flux set to go back up to League One. So, you know, credit to them. There's not a whole lot of shame in losing in them, except for the fact that I think we've gotten to the point where we've come to expect a little more from this team after the season we've had. So, it is disappointing. I'm very sad. Very sad. I'm sorry. I don't know what to. I I don't know what to do at this point. Are there puppies in the TARDIS? I mean, the well, TARDIS is so big. There are an awful lot of rooms in the TARDIS. I I find it hard to believe that one of them doesn't contain a puppy. I'm I'm serious. I mean, they, there should be like a kennel in here, or or like a giant ranch, where where puppies live. It's possible. There's a swimming pool and a library. And a whole bunch of other stuff. All right, so I'm going to go 
hunt for the kennel slash ranch where all the puppies are being held. You handle the controls because TARDIS likes you. I'm and sorry. Who do you think gonna... has been driving this thing all this time? Oh, me. Who do you think flies this this spaceship? Me. Mm, head cannon rejected. What? You can't reject yeah. my head cannon. It's mine. I... Well, no, no, I just did. You've rejected my headcanon in the past. Yes, I reject your headcanon. The baby that... Um, baby um, with a mustache? Yeah, no baby with a mustache. All right, well, I, then I reject you. your headcanon that, 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 that I'm not driving this boat. Well, I rejected it on the grounds that it wouldn't be cute, and me flying the TARDIS is incredibly cute. Be that as it may... <laughs> right. So you temporarily take control of the TARDIS. I'm gonna go hunt for puppies. Alright. By hunt I mean puppies. By hunt I mean not stock and for food or whatever. Hunt as in locate so I can give them pets. Kiss them on their fluffy little faces. Oh my gosh. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, so we're going to head back into the two, our recent past uh, in our relative timeline, and we will see you back soon. And we're back from the near future, which for you is... So you guys know what has happened now, but we do not yet. We do not. No spoilers, you guys. Am I the only one who feels like a little groggy every time we use the TARDIS? I don't know, I kind of feel like I need a nap now. It, yeah, it seems... It, yeah, I feel like, a, you know, a little bit of Benadryl or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and what it feels well, like. Exactly. And while we're interrogating our use of the TARDIS, how is it that we have access to a TARDIS, but you and I don't go on adventures? Why is that? We don't go on adventures. Um, I don't know. We should ask Rosie. Maybe she can write an account of our adventures down, because Rosie knows everything. I, yeah. Fanfic us, Rosie. Yes, please, right, fanfic. That would be some next level stuff for this podcast. We take, we take, we do take Ball John Green us. and other John. I mean, we do take like Ball John Green and other John Green with us when we go on these things. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, how would we fly it? Well, I'm I mean, not I a time lord. Are you a time lord? Are we time lords? And I just don't know it. Have you chameleon arched I mean, me? I mean, I am. I don't know about you. Dang it! You've chameleon arched me, haven't you? I had a good reason. Where's Look, my we're... pocket watch? Give it to me right now. Hold on. <laughs> All right, we might have to take care of this later, you guys. Let's 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 get on with the podcast. The point of the story is right. We, we, uh, if you want to write Time Lordy fanfic about either of us, we would be totally okay with that. <laughs> Just saying. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would be okay with it. Lord knows, some of those people out there have sick minds. <laughs> Not referring to that kind of fanfic. We're not uh we're not judging you, we're just saying we might not want to read it. 
Anywho. Uh, so, also that happened this past week. Uh, we are out of the London Senior Cup. Uh, the London Senior Cup is like a smaller London-specific tournament that's like mostly non-league clubs and then a couple League 2 teams feel like development squads. Um, it's a cup tournament, whatever. We won this last season. We beat Metropolitan Police. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the club is actually policemen. Yeah, yeah. Actual policemen. Which makes um, it a little awkward to dirty tackle. Mm-hmm. Might seem at a traffic stop later. Exactly. Um, so we lost... Uh, this one, unfortunately, we lost to uh, Corinthian Casuals on penalties. Who are the Corinthian Casuals? They are a non-league club uh, somewhere in South London. I forget where exactly. What is a What is a casual? How do you become a casual? Uh, I understand how to become a casualty. What ca- <laughs> well, you become a casual? There, there's a specific thing behind why this particular team is called Corinthian Casuals. I think they were like a, they were a merger of two different clubs, and one was called Corinthians and one was called Casuals. Um, casual, however, refers to a very specific kind of football hooligan that uh, had a had a had a big cultural moment in like the 60s and 70s and 80s. The idea was that. Uh, Cops at the time, the police at the time were like monitoring crowds uh, that go in to, because like they figured football hooligans would wear like very distinctive kind of clothes, like they would wear their their club colors or whatever. So they would wear very casual kind of clothing, very casual, not assuming clothing, so that they could slip into the ground unnoticed by. Uh, I'm not even kidding. So they could slip in unnoticed by. Uh, the police, and so they could get to the ground and then cause trouble. Uh, I'll put a link to the article about this in the doobly-doo, but it's a really fascinating bit of, uh, of history. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you James Gordon. He did not know I was going to ask that question. He did not look any of that crap up. He just knows this stuff. <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for James Gordon. I do what I can. <laughs> uh, and then the other big thing with AFC Wimbledon is they had um, public hearings about the new stadium proposals. Uh, there was a big one earlier this week as somewhere in Merton or Wandsworth, I don't know. Uh, but the people from the club and the, the architects who, are, who put up the proposal came and gave a presentation. There was a Q&A. Some good questions brought up. Some valid concerns were brought up. But I mean, it was it, for the most part, it was a productive discussion. We'll put a link to the uh, article from the Wimbledon Guardian about this in the doo and then also the PDF for AFC Wimbledon's presentation that they gave at the meeting. So, yeah. So, lots of stuff happening for the club in the past two weeks. So, I'm in a bad way with one of my teams. and This is not unusual for us, by the way. No, and I'll expand on that in a second, but I, um, I'm kind of freaking out. And I, I'm reaching out to our loyal listeners, and to a lesser extent you, Mel. I need a little, <laughs> I need a little comfort, a little for clutch. Because he knows that I offer very little sympathy and much mocking. That's sass. So I am a fan of Borussia Dortmund. And if, if you follow... 
if you follow European football and German football at all, you probably know where I'm going with this. But if you don't, uh, Borussia Dortmund is uh, one of the bigger teams in the Bundesliga in Germany. Um, they, they have a nice long history. Uh, they've had a lot of success over the past few years since uh, Jurgen Klopp became manager. Uh, in the past five years, they've won two Bundesliga titles, and I think the German Cup once or twice, and then two years ago, they got all the way to the Champions League final against Bayern Munich, against whom they lost. Uh, they're, they're Bundesliga rivals. They run kind of on the Southampton model, where they find up-and-coming young talent and academy product, and good coaching and tactics and team spirit and stuff like that. Uh, and it's it's gotten them pretty far so far. You know, they've, they've lost some of their key players over the past couple seasons. Uh, they lost uh, Mario Götze two seasons ago to Bayern Munich, and then they lost Robert Lewandowski also to Bayern Munich. <laughs> Uh, I think they lost everybody to Bayern Munich. Just about. Like, that's been Bayern Munich's kind of operating strategy the past couple of years. It's like, if we can't beat Borussia Dortmund, we'll just buy all their good players. If you can't beat them, buy them. So, you know, we brought in some new players, like Chiro Mobile, which we bought from some team in Italy, I forget who. But we'd like to, you know, if not, probably wouldn't be able to challenge the Bayern Munich war machine. But, you know, we do pretty okay still in, in the Bundesliga, and we do okay in Europe. You know, that's, that was kind of the ex- expectation going to, this, to the season. And then we dropped some points early on. We're like, wow, we're, we're starting pretty slowly out of the gate. But we, uh, we'll, we'll get it together. And then the losses just started piling up. Ugh. And all of a sudden, we were bottom of the table, and we stayed there. And we were bottom of the table as recently as two weeks ago. It was bad. We were bottom heading into... The Bundesliga has a month-long break in the middle of winter. And for so Christmas they, and pre, for freezing. Yeah. Well, they also do some mid-season friendlies in, like, warmer climates. I think they went to Abu Dhabi or something. No, they went to Spain. I'm sorry. They had a camp in Spain. And Bayern Munich went to Abu Dhabi or something like that. So, And then they came back, and, like, their first game when they came back was another loss, and... They, they lost, like, 1-0 at home to Freiburg. And after the game, the entire team went over to the homestand, the, ye- the the famous yellow wall, and basically just stood there and got yelled at by the fans. And uh, the captain, Matt Hubbles, uh, the captain and the goalkeeper, Roman Weidenfeller, like, climbed up on the on the fence in the stands and, like, just started listening to the fans and, and like, got yelled at. Basically had an impromptu town hall. Fans were just ripped into them, and they just stood there and took it. It was incredible. Poor um, babies. I, yeah, and they're still in the Champions League. They're still doing really well in the Champions League. <laughs> That's the weird thing is like they're they're crashing and burning in the league, but they're they're doing well in the Champions League. It's it's almost like they've prioritized, but but I mean. If you could, you could prioritize the Champions League all you want. If you don't win it, you're not going to be in next year unless you're also doing well in your home league. I mean, at this point, our best chance of getting into next season's Champions League is to win it this season, and that doesn't look very likely. But I mean, it is also conceivable that we could win the Champions League and also get relegated. Like we could pull a Wigan. We could out Wigan Wigan. <laughs> and 
Oh my god, it's just so weird. Like I, I realized that like it wasn't gonna be like a great season because we lost our our main goal scorer. But you know, I I figured. I think everyone figured we'd still be near the top of the table. We'd probably finish runners-up. You know, At the very least, we'd finish in the top four of the Bundesliga. Nobody expected us to be in a relegation fight. And here we are. There is a very real chance that we could get relegated. Although, it's worth noting that we've won two games in a row. We did win earlier today. Uh, we were down one. We, we could see it a goal in the, like, the first minute against Mines, And then we went, we went to halftime down a, a goal. And then in the span of five minutes in the second half, we scored two to go up 2-1, and then continued an equalizer. And then we scored another two and won 4-2. But it was, it was a bonkers game, and I was following it on Twitter. Just, ah! But there's still a very real chance that Borussia Dortmund, who were Champions League finalists two years ago, could be relegated. Ugh. And it's so weird. And, and you know, I, I have teams that I've, like, had an interest in and some level of affection for, but there are only, like, four teams that I have an, a genuine emotional investment in, and that's AFC Wimbledon, Liverpool, Borussia Dortmund, and the Chicago Fire. Of those four, three of those teams have flirted with relegation at some point in the past five years. <laughs> The only one who hasn't is an MLS team, and MLS doesn't have relegation. And it's it's weird because I've I've been accused of being a glory hunter in the past, and like you know, only liking teams because they were successful, or being a hipster about it, and whatever. Because uh, only hipsters liked Borussia Dortmund, and now they're all now the Borussia Dortmund sucks. They're all flocking to Atletico Madrid. But again, like by the way, is fun to watch right now. They are fun to watch, uh, and I'm saying this is a nominal Real Madrid fan. But that that four <laughs> that four nil beatdown of Real was uh, that, that was, was something. They play? Do they just play exciting football? They do. They really do. And I mean, they have Arda Turan, who has arguably the best beard in La Liga. So. <laughs> mm. Just have Antoine Griezmann, who I think is probably going to be one of the best wingers in Europe over the next few years. So, but Arda Turan, mm. Mm. but no, it's I didn't fall in love with with uh, Borussia Dortmund because of the glory. Although some of my finest memories of them are in the Champions League. They had this really amazing come-from-behind win in the Champions League against Malaga a couple of years ago, and I have that game on you know on my on my computer, and I watch it every now and then when I have a bad day, and just oh, mm. but it's just so weird. I wish that like my teams could go like a few seasons without flirting with relegation, especially AFC Wimbledon because. Like, if Liverpool ever got relegated from the Premier League, it would suck, but I think they would figure out a way back, and they would figure out a way to, to pull themselves together. Like, AFC Wimbledon, so much goes wrong if they get docked out of the Football League and just, I don't know. I'm really scared they're going to get relegated. Aww. I do feel I do sympathize. I really do. 
Uh-huh. I know. But. I just don't know enough about Bundesliga to, like, know all of the subtleties and dynamics and things. There, 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 there aren't a lot of weird intricacies with the Bundesliga. All you pretty much need to know are Bayern Munich are absolutely dominant at the moment. Uh, they have a ton of money. They have a lot of the best players in the world. Uh, they won the treble a couple years ago. And, yeah. They have Chabi Alonso now. Yeah, Chabi Alonso. Uh, I mean that might that might be enough to sway me. The problem is, um, number one, I hate to just go out there and pick like the biggest club in a league kind of a deal. Like I don't want to be that person. I want to get to know the league first, and mm-hmm. I just I only have so much energy. I feel like <laughs> that I can invest in football before I just kind of become oversaturated, and a lot of that is taken up by Wembley Wombleys and Liverpool. I follow La Liga a bit. And I and I do quite like Barca. I follow, you know, and then you you gotta follow MLS a little bit because it's right here. And I gotta follow the Cincinnati Saints a little bit. And the Indy Eleven look really kind of interesting. And um, all of those are places that are drivable for me. Um, Germany's not. <laughs> yeah, and they're also not even really on TV at the moment. Uh, they're gonna be on no, Fox starting next season. Neither is La Liga either, though. But no, I, I I understand where you're coming from. I would like to get more into legal, but again, there's only so much. There there are only so many hours in the day, and my heart can only be broken so much. So yeah, I would like to find out more about the organization. Uh, one, I don't want to I don't want to start supporting a club and then find out that they're the, you know the the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no offense, th- Raiders fans. <laughs> one thing you might like about the Bundesliga is that there is a rule in the league that says all clubs have to be uh, majority owned by their fans. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, so the supporters' trust have to have a 50% plus one stake, at least, in all their clubs. Bayern Munich uh, fans have an 82% stake wow. in the club. Yeah, so that's one really cool thing about it. Uh, and also, the Bundesliga has worked really hard to keep tickets affordable. So, like, a ticket to the Yellow Wall for for Borussia Dortmund is, like, 20 euro. Uh, and ticket prices are very comparable, like, 20 or 30 euro uh, to go see Bayern Munich. And Which is cheaper the for them than for us. Yeah, I mean, there are... <laughs> some journalists did the math, and they realized that it is cheaper to fly to Germany and go watch a Buddhist a, a game at you know, a Borussia Dortmund game than it is to buy a ticket for an Arsenal game. Wow. Yeah. And actually, there are there is a, a small contingent of English football fans who travel to Germany every weekend. To watch yeah. Bundesliga games because it's cheaper and the fan atmosphere is a lot better and you can stand in the terraces. You can't do that in England anymore unless you go to, you know, lower league clubs. To be fair, there's a reason for that. Well, I don't want to get into the specifics of the Taylor report and whatever, but but Germany does standing in a way that's safe. So much so that they call it safe standing, and it's worked out pretty well for them. 
but yeah, no, um, there, there's there's a lot to like about the Bundesliga. Um, anyway, um, my Bundesliga team might get relegated, and that makes me sad and anxious. And I need a puppy. Well, um, to address your sadness and anxiousness, um, and, and possibly cure it a bit, do you want to talk about something fun and exciting, like the yeah. African Cup of Nations final? Yes, please. <laughs> so the African Cup of Nations is um, sort of like uh, they have the Euros for Europe. Um, they have the gold um, in the Americas. They have the Gold Cup, um, which is just our continental tournament. In Africa, they have the African Cup of Nations, which is actually um, older than the Euros. Yeah, it's been going on for a while. Anyway, um, so they had oh, yeah. they've been playing their tournament for the last month or so, and um, they had their final. This a few days ago, mm-hmm. and it was it was crazy insane. Pants. Well, okay, okay. It's crazy. Let's, let's the ending of it was crazy pants. Let's to be fair, the the the, the actual match itself was a bit ridiculous. Um, you know, it was a nil nil draw, and then they went into extra to extra time. So um, you know that so you then and that was nil nil. So you had like 120 minutes of nothing. Good match, but no scoring. Right. And then they went to penalty kicks. Yep. And the penalty kicks were just bananas. Well, in the, through... in the first five frames, too, uh, it thought that yeah, everyone thought that it was going to be settled dead because Ivory yeah. Coast lost their first, missed their first two kicks, and right. we thought Ghana was going to get it, but then they missed their last two, and Ivory Coast forced extra frames, and then it became sudden death, and we went through, like, six, seven frames of of sudden death penalty kicks. Yes! And they finally went through every player who was eligible to take a kick, and they got down to their goalkeepers on each side. And they were still tied. So the goalkeepers are taking penalty kicks against each other, which is a thing that does not happen. So anyway, they get through, and um, the the, um, keeper from Cote d'Ivoire saved a penalty, and then minutes later made a penalty himself and won the final for them. I was really happy. I was pulling for Ivory Coast. You know, they've they've kind of had their golden generation um, that everybody's been talking about, and and what with one thing and another, you know, just bad luck or bad play, they they haven't won any major tournaments, despite some of the amazing, amazing footballers that came through with this particular cohort of players, this particular generation just has been amazing. And so um, it, it kind of won something, and I, this team, is, it's, a, it's a special team. It really is a special team, and it's a country that loves their football, and it's a country that loves these particular footballers and, and puts so much faith and trust in them that they literally helped stop a civil war. That's how important these footballers are and this team is to their country. And so I, I think it was it was really nice for them. Um, a few of their players who are part of this so uh, golden generation that they talk about have, have retired. Um, but I know that, that they are happy for their country and for their team. Um, it, it's, it, was, it was great to see them win. Yeah. It really was. And in such dramatic style. I know. And like... Uh... Like if you don't if you don't love goalkeepers taking penalty kicks, 
I don't feel like you can. I mean, I don't want to judge your fandom, but like, if you <laughs> love soccer, if you love just a little bit, if you love soccer, I mean, that's just cool to see. Yeah, and then afterwards he said, like, I was thinking about my mom during the shootout, and I, I, yeah. I did what I did for my for my mother, and just oh, I think there's like a three or four minute highlight thing on YouTube. I will post that in the doobly doo. Uh, check it out. It's yeah, it was really. It's insane. It was it was crazy pants. It was insane it's, it's... in the membrane. It was stayed beside the membrane. Oh my god. Staying perpendicular to the membrane. Oh my gosh. You know what? You know what? I'm just too legit to quit. So. <laughs> So that was not the only, that was probably the most crazy match that went on this this week, but it was not the only crazy match that went on this week. Um, How can there be more crazy pants in our football in one week? How? How? I ask you. I ask you. How? Well, recently there was a match between Espanol and Sevilla. So they went through four four keepers in this match, which is unusual but not unheard of. But for the first time that that's happened, each of those goalkeepers were scored on. So each of them allowed a goal. And that was pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, and it was a close match. It, it ended 3-2 for Sevilla. And um, the the player who scored the winning goal um, was Iago Aspas, who's actually on loan there from Liverpool. He scored a goal. He actually so, managed to um, score a goal. Couldn't do it for us. Oh, come on now. Be kind. Yeah. I'm actually really, I'm really happy for him because you know he hasn't been getting a lot of the playing time and um, it's been frustrating for him. So I'm happy to see him be able to to play and and to score. You know, he, he loves to play. Obviously, you don't become a, a footballer. You don't work that hard if you don't love to play. So I guess I haven't forgiven him for what happened during the Chelsea game at the end of last season because we yeah. were down, we were down a goal. It was late. You know, Iago Aspas hadn't got a lot of time, so he had like a really big opportunity to to come in and, and help the team get something out of the game. And then he took a corner kick, took a really bad corner kick, gave it to a Chelsea player that led directly to the breakaway that gave Chelsea their second game-winning goal. You know, I'm not going to sit here and get mad at a player for making an, a mistake because they're all so much better than I could ever be at any athletic endeavor ever that I figure, figure it's probably not my job to be frustrated with them. Normally, I would agree with you, and I would do the same thing. I make an exception in this case. Iago Aspas is dead to me. Well, in any case, <laughs> this is a pretty wild game that everybody enjoyed watching. And, um, yeah. Well, if, if I could find uh, highlights from that game on YouTube or something, I will put them doobly-doo. Yeah, do. There's this, really, there's this one really funny one. Um, one of the keepers, when he got sent off, he, because, you know, you can, obviously you can, the keeper can't handle the ball out of, out of the area or whatever. So he did that, and he realized his mistake, like, right as he was doing it. And he was like, oh, crap. And so <laughs> you see him, like, he runs out to the ball, and he handles the ball, and then he just keeps jogging to the sidelines. <laughs> he He's already like, knows I, what's going to happen. I know what's coming. <laughs> I just get it over with. So yep, just, there's the red He card. just keeps on jogging. <laughs> yeah. 
pretty wild. That is pretty crazy pants. Uh, furthering the, 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 the theme of crazy pants, holy crap, I don't know if this is a joke or not, but I found a website for a group called Seek Ultras. <laughs> they are apparently a Seattle-based supporters group for, I guess, the Sounders and or the Seattle Rain. Consisting of seagulls. <laughs> they have chance. They have a board of directors or something. I don't know. Seagultras. Seagultras.com. Put in the link. <laughs> I don't Lots know. Of seagulls. <laughs> I don't know what a chant by seagulls would be other than, like, mine, mine. Mine, 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 mine. Maybe mine. it's a corner and they're all, like, calling the ball. You know how yeah, sometimes they call, they call the ball before they... Yeah. Mine, 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 mine. Bye, bye. <laughs> I wish Liverpool bye, players bye. would do that more often on set pieces. Mine, 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 Right, uh, moving on. <laughs> Seagull Ultra, Seagull supported groups. We will link to that in the doobly-doo. Also, 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 I had the most awesome be- moment of both soccer Twitter and beer Twitter <laughs> last weekend. Oh so last weekend was the 224th Merseyside Derby. The game itself yes, it kind was. of ended nah, a standard sweep of a nil-nil draw. Not very inspiring football. At one point during the game, though, I noticed that there was some dude sitting in the stands at Goodison, right behind the Everton uh, technical area, and he had the most magnificent beard. <laughs> it was incredible. It is. It was almost enough to rival Tim Howard's beard. And that's what? And consider. I know. And considering that Tim Howard wasn't playing in that particular game, I mean, that was up clearly. Far and away, the best beard in the ground that evening. Clearly. Um, clearly. And so I mentioned that on Twitter, and I said something to the effect of some guy behind the Everton dugout has a magnificent beard. Apparently the owner of said beard was on Twitter and <laughs> saw my tweet and responded to it with a thumbs up front emoji. door. He How did he respond? With a thumbs up emoji. Nice. And I found that apparently, like after the game, he was apparently searching Everton Beard on Twitter because he because apparently a bunch of other people on Twitter noticed that him too and commented on his beard and he also responded to them said, "Hey, thanks, mate." Wow. I. That's pretty see, fantastic. There's something about Twitter and also football. And also beards. That really just kind of brings people together. So when you get them all in the mix, beautiful things happen. You know? Yeah. 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 So that was really great. Uh, there was another <laughs> thing over there. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. So I saw this also on, on the Twitters and on the Internet. Apparently, 
a thing happened on the internet, Instagram, I guess. Uh, something happened on the internet where uh, this, this former player for Chivas USA, uh, Mikel Galindo, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, and the baseball player Yasiel Puig, is that how you pronounce his name? I don't know, mispronouncing words is my thing now. Um, <laughs> apparently they're friends, and the other day they got together to play FIFA, and they documented it, they're, them playing FIFA against each other on yes. Instagram, and I don't know what happened in between Instagram posts, but the last one of the evening involved them not wearing shirts. <laughs> I believe when one of them won, he pulled his shirt off the way he yeah. went out of the jersey. And did the whole, like, hulking thing. I, I, I love football for many reasons. And one of the reasons is that sometimes you have moments like this where the fanfic really does write itself. <laughs> you know? Sometimes. Sometimes. Why do you shake your head? Uh, Why? Oh, you know. Uh, fine. Anyway, fanfic football. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, one last thing before we go on to questions. Uh, I listened to Dummy. It's a podcast by Howler Magazine, or one of them, anyway. And from them, I heard about this really great moment that happened in the Bundesliga game, like, ten years ago. It's a short video clip. We'll put that in the doobly-doo. But basically what happened was uh, there was a brief, tense moment between, like, a player and someone, and, and like, a, a, an assistant coach or trainer in the technical area. Oh, yeah. Uh, from the other team. And, like, they squared up with each other and did that thing where, like, they press their foreheads together, like, you know, daring one other to make the first move. Mm-hmm. And then the, the trainer, like, fell backwards pretending like he headbutted him. Uh-huh. And then, in response, the players started pretending that he was headbutted, too. And they're both... <laughs> They're both on the floor pretending the other headbutted them, hoping the referee will get one the other in trouble. It was hilarious, hilarious moment of, of slapstick comedy. We will put that in the doobly-doo. I highly it's recommend that. If, if you're having a bad day, just watch <laughs> the video. I don't know if that would make it better if you just become so disgusted with them that it might make it worse. If, you know. Yeah, that's true. There, I there are soccer fans, especially like U.S. soccer fans, who get really upset about things like diving and simulation. Like, I get it, but also like, chill out, guys. Really. Um. Yeah. For me, it kind of depends on the day and the mood I'm in. Yeah. True. I like. I'm a basketball fan, and. Basketball has plenty of instances of players flopping in order to draw a foul. True. Uh, I mean, the consequences aren't as bad because at most you get, like, two or three points out of it, out of free throws, uh, out of, what, 100 that your team will score in any given game. So, yeah. like, it's not, it's not like drawing a foul to win a penalty and a goal can change the entire game. So it's not quite as bad, but I don't know, man. I mean... I'm I'm sort of suspicious of a lot of the kind of like moralizing that happens in sports and I'm just like like some of it I understand and there's like some stuff that happens in sports that I get really cranky about, but there are other things it's just like 
you guys know this is supposed to be fun, right? Like, this, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't some, like, there are things to get outraged over, but some of, you know, for the most part, this is supposed to be a fun thing. Right, right. So, question match day. Today we answer real questions from real Wimbly Wombly supporters. And our question this week is, could you discuss the possible player strike and how free agency in MLS would work? Could we? Could we? Oh, of course we could. Well, I sort of can't. And I'm going I'm to say why by offering two caveats. Uh, one, I haven't been following this too closely. Uh, sorry, I'm usually better about this stuff, but I've had a lot going on lately and just kind of fell off my radar. So I had to like cram a little bit before we started the podcast to, to get an idea, sense of where things are right now. Um, so I'm not like super knowledgeable about what's going on. So it takes that with a grain of salt. Also, I am a socialist and a left-wing <laughs> radical. So in any discussion or debate about labor versus capital, I am going to side with workers pretty much every time. So... Definitely keep that in mind as we venture into this discussion. I'm a, I'm, I'm a little less extreme than you in every area of life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a little more middle of the road on just about every issue. I can always see, like, valid points for each side. That's fair. That is fair. I just wanted to bring that up. Because uh, you know, I, I have very very particular political biases, and that is invariably going to affect how I approach this. And I value transparency, so I'm just disclosing that for our listeners. You are shaking your head once again. I'm not shaking my head. I'm just keeping us on task. Right. A thing that I it's that's that's my job. And I've largely kind of let that slide this week because it's really, we don't have, and this is gonna, just going to be one of those weeks where we just sort of talk. Bad puns and sass. <laughs> so uh, there was a, a really great article that was published by ESPN FC earlier today. It was like a really good, concise uh, Q&A kind of thing about what's going on with the current collective bargaining negotiations between MLS and the players, uh, and we'll put that in the doobly doo. So if if you're not told, if you're not caught up, definitely look through that uh, as you're listening to us talk about it. But basically, like the two big things right now are player salaries and free agencies. Yeah. Uh, the league doesn't want to budge on either of those things, and the players don't want to budge on either of those things, and it's gotten to the point where. Uh, they've called in a federal mediator to come in and help them come to some kind of agreement because they haven't yet, and the previous CBA expired a couple weeks ago, and the new season starts in three weeks. <laughs> hopefully. So, hopefully, yeah. But, they, they have that amount of time to figure this out. I mean, I hope so because uh, the first game of the season is the fire away at Los Angeles, and that also happens to be my birthday, so if there's no collective bargaining agreement, i got to figure out something else to do for my birthday. Just... Well, and let's also be clear. Your birthday aside, this is not a league that it can afford a strike. This oh, is I... not like the, the baseball streak of 1994. Yeah. Where... Or the NHL. 
or the NHL or the N or any of those. Um, I mean, I remember 1994, and we were like, "What? No baseball?" And then, providentially, Ken Burns had a documentary about baseball that went on for weeks, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we watched that for a little while and learned all about the history <laughs> of the ball game. And it, and when when it was when the strike was over, everybody was thrilled that the games were back. And guess what we did? Flocked out to the games. Turn the games on the radio. Turn the games on the TV. They didn't lose their audience even a little bit. Um, but if the MLS has a strike, they're gonna lose momentum. Yeah, they're because... not anywhere near in the same place that Major League Baseball was. I mean, all the revenue is coming from match day income. So it's all the people that are that are watching MLS yeah. are doing it live at the stadiums. No one watches MLS on TV. Compare that to the Premier League, which is primarily like a TV show at this point. Premier League games sell out or near sell out, but that's nothing compared to their TV audience, which recently was re-upped for something like $5 billion for domestic broadcast rights over over a three-year period, which... Holy cow! That's like <laughs> that's like ten million pounds per game or something like that. That's a lot of money. Yeah, and that's just domestic. That's not international. And internet, the international market is growing significantly. Yeah, no, nobody watches MLS on TV. Like they, the people who are into MLS, they go to the games. They don't watch it on TV. I'm one of the few people who watches MLS on TV. I know some people who watch MLS on TV. In fact, there's um there's actually kind of a controversy about that in Ohio. Um, because there's a there are blackouts, so yeah. you can't watch it in a certain geographic regions, and it, it's pretty it's mostly the state like <laughs> most of the state is blacked out, which is really weird. I mean, like our it's unusual for an MLS contract. That's the yeah. other thing is that each MLS team arranges their own contracts. Yeah, well, for, for TV broadcasts for broadcasts. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. there's there's a national agreement uh, which started this season is going to be primarily Fox. Uh, they won it over NBC with ESPN doing a couple of games. But there's a legitimate threat that if the players strike or if they're locked out, the fans might not come back once the league starts up again. That's going to be weird if that happens. But on the other hand, like there there's some legitimate issues going on with players that need to be addressed. And one of them is that they're they're chronically underpaid, unless you're like a foreign big-name star that's come over on a designated player contract and you're making several million dollars a year. Like, Mm -hmm. most guys in the league are making, like, public school teachers' salaries. Like, in the NFL, you know, if you're one of the the third-string squad players and you never actually see the field, you're still paid, like, $300,000 a year. So you're going to be fine. Minimum can salary you, MLS is like $36,000. Can you imagine making $35,000 a year and trying to to live and play for like the New York Red Bulls or the LA Galaxy? You can't afford to live there on that. You can't. That's not a living that's not a living, you know, it's that's well, not sustainable. And, and these are professional the, athletes. To say nothing of the West Coast, which is where a lot of like the the attention and you know, growth uh, in the league is happening. So it's happening in L.A. and Portland. Seattle and Seattle. Portland and like these are not the, cheap the next one. The next, well, and the next expansion team might be in Sacramento, San Francisco Bay, 
not a cheap place to live. You know, and they're making $36,000 a year. The median salary, not counting DPs, is like 91000 which is a lot of money to me, and it's probably a lot of money to you. Because that's but a huge amount of money to me. <laughs> but if you're a professional athlete, that's like nothing. And, 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 and then they wonder why student, why, um, student athletes in high school are being swayed to quit soccer and go play football or baseball. And well, you also wonder why, the Amer why American players want to go play in Europe. Like, it's not exactly. just the glory of, of being able to play in, in one of the big European leagues or being able to play in the Champions League. It's because you actually get fairly compensated for your labor. And I know a lot of people like to, to, to slag off professional athletes for you know, being overpaid or whatever. I don't think most people understand the kind of work and commitment and just sacrifices that go into being a professional athlete at a top level. You know? Well, like, and it, you're also, your career is very short. And also, additionally, some of these players, because they don't, they don't get any choice in which team that they go to play for, well, some of them are moving every year or two. Well, yeah, and that's that's another thing we'll we'll get to with free agency. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you're an NFL player, even if you get even if you never see any playing time and you get traded or released at the end They're of the season, you're still making three hundred thousand dollars at a minimum. So you're going to be okay. If you're making league minimum in MLS, and you know if you're making thirty six thousand dollars a year and you get released, it ruins lives. It and really and these people's kids, they I mean they're moving around like military brats. It's just it's it's not a good situation. And then the other problem, uh, you know, speaking of the the other problem they're working on is free agency. Uh, in Europe, you can sign with any club you want. Uh, and if you're released or if they cancel your contract, you can just sign with another club or you know whatever. You you have you have freedom of movement basically. In MLS, you don't sign contracts with individual teams. You sign contracts with the league. The league owns your contract and then they decide where you go. And then yes. and then if the team releases you at the end of the season or whatever, you don't you're you're not done yet. The league isn't done with you yet. You just enter the re entry draft and then they move you somewhere else. No. Unless nobody wants you and then you're then you're on your own. You don't get a say where you get to play. Like if you if you're like signed to the draft you just get assigned places, and, and you know this is also true. This is also true for like foreign players who sign, unless you're a big name DP like David Beckham or Thierry Henry or Steven Gerrard, where you get to say, "I want to pick what team I play for." That is a deal breaker. Right. Then you know they have to comply. But if, for a lot of these like foreign stars, like they they one reason they don't come to MLS. It's because they, they, they don't get to choose what team they get to play for. So you have situations where they think they're going to play for the LA Galaxy and soak up the California Sun or play in New York and, like, you know, big-time city. And then they end up going for, like, Colorado. Yeah. Like, great. A little bit colder. A little bit colder, folks. And then, you know, the, the player assignment rules are, are just really weird. Like the Jermaine Jones thing last year with the blind draw, I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> but I mean, it's ridiculous. They, and like, they MLS do have a tendency. Up... Like, nobody really understands what the rules are, and even once you figure them out, it doesn't matter because they'll, they'll they change them as they go. It's Calvin Ball. It is. It is. They're playing Calvin Ball with labor laws, 
And it's ridiculous. And so that's one of the things that's on the table with the collective bargaining agreement is, is the players want free agency. They want to have more control over what teams they play for. And MLS is saying no. They, they're saying no because we, you know, MLS is still a young league and whatever. We need to control blah, blah, blah. They also can't afford to pay new players because we, we don't have a lot of money. Even though they're paying millions of dollars for Kaká and, you know, Giovanni... <laughs> Javinko or whoever just signed for Toronto, and Steven Gerrard, who I know they're not playing a trans- paying a transfer fee for, but they still have to pay his wages, and Steven Gerrard doesn't come cheap, even at 34. Well, and <laughs> deservedly so. <laughs> but, I mean, just to, just to give um, an idea of how little some of these things are, too, that are on the table, um, like how basic some of these things are, Literally one of the things in the negotiation that I've heard about or read about is um, when you're away, when you're out of town playing an away game, which these these players travel. The travel for MLS is harder than the travel for any other league pretty much out there that I can think of. You know, La Liga, you play in Spain. So that's going to be a quick trip. Not a huge country. Same thing with England, right? Also, um, they, they do chartered flights. Uh, in the U.S., everyone flies coach. Yep. So traveling, the, the schedule is, is rough in MLS. And when players, even world-class players like Beckham, come across um, and play in the MLS, they, they talk about that a lot. That's one of the big things they talk about is that a, initial adjustment to the travel time and how exhausting it is um, having that that day. It's kind of a grueling schedule for them. But one of the things that's in the contract right now that's on the table is they're like, we would really appreciate it if you at least bought us breakfast. (laughs) Which you'd think would be included. I mean, if you or I were to go on a business trip, somebody would pick up the tab for that. You know what I mean? Like, especially absolutely charge the company for that. And especially when it's a job where, like, nutrition things like like your personal nutrition are part of your job like they're part of your job performance like yeah, they, you, you can't just rely on the continental breakfast at whatever crappy hotel they happen to be putting you up in exactly i mean they professional football clubs monitor nutri- the nutrition and what of their players and what they what they eat and how they sleep and and all that stuff and this isn't just like big premier league clubs like afc wimbledon has detailed nutrition plans for every single one of their players. This is League Two. This is fourth division football in England. And even they closely monitor what their players put into their bodies. But MLS teams are just like, well, we don't want to pay for it. We don't want to take care of it, so you're on your own. All to save money. And that's part of the problem, like especially with, with the DP contracts, because they spend all this money on players like Steven Gerrard and Kaká and Thierry Henry... But they penny pinch in all these other areas, like not providing breakfast for players when they're on away trips, or taking their sweet old time and uh, reimbursing for moving costs when they get sent to another team. Uh, yeah. We'll put another article in that. But there was like one one instance where like someone had to ask their team five times to get reimbursed their their five hundred dollar reimbursement for moving costs at a time when they just spent like. $20 million to bring back Clint Dempsey. Like, what? Like, seriously? Yeah. Seriously. I mean, they 
they spend all this money on on certain people, and then everyone else just gets nothing, and that's part of the problem. And you know, they they've been saying, well, you know, we're we'll you know trust us, we'll take care of our players. They haven't been doing that, and now the the players union, they want to they want to actually get some basic stuff, and then they also want it in writing, and MLS is like, no. Yeah. So what and, would it? I mean, who knows what it would look like if they actually had free agency? I mean. I would imagine it would be something like what it looks like in the NFL because they have restricted free agents and unrestricted free agents. So I think like some of the some of the smaller fish in MLS, especially the people who are only like a few years into their contract, would be like restricted free agents, and there would be like conditions or whatever. But otherwise, yeah. And then like the older guys would would be unrestricted free agents. And I mean probably mm-hmm. they would make exceptions like if you're if you're a homegrown or you're generation Adidas, maybe you don't qualify for free agency or something. Cause gotcha. uh, I I don't like that particular rule, but I could totally see MLS doing it. Yeah. Um but I I I'd imagine they'd follow something closer to what the NFL does versus what the NBA does. Oh man, the players have all the power in the NBA. It's great. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, people complain about the NBA for that reason, like, oh, well, the, the inmates are running this on them. I think that makes for a really exciting league, and it makes for a really high-quality product to watch, I think, <laughs> personally. But I, th- I would imagine I, they would I, go I just, for something. I, I'm, I'm on um, my – one of my aunts um, – my aunt Lori is a high school teacher, and she works out in California. And um, our relationship is only almost entirely consists at this point of playing trivia crap, trivia crap <laughs> which is a fantastic app that you should all check out. <laughs> fantastic free app. Um, and she messaged me the other day. And she was like, "I like how the last category either one of us tries." is sports. It's like the last category any of us succeed with. And I'm like, it's not that I don't follow sports. I follow soccer obsessively. Um, and I do follow like Baseball. American football and basketball, but I follow it at that at the NCAA level. Yeah. I follow college sports. And and the questions on that app are like ninety-eight percent about the NFL or the NBA. And I've, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about either of those. I've never paid any attention to them. I don't fine. even know all of the teams. <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. Like, I I really like the NBA, but even the other day I remembered, wait, there's a New Orleans Pelicans now? What? Um, you know, so Pelicans? sometimes... Right, mine, mine. So I drift in and out. Too, and that's, that's totally fine. Maybe they carry it in their gullet. Okay. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so in theory, like, the season's supposed to start in three weeks, and they don't have a CBA yet, and they've had to call in federal negotiator to help them figure something out. Maybe we'll have MLS in a couple weeks. Maybe we won't. We don't know yet. My fingers Uh-oh. are crossed, because like I said, I really think it will hurt them more than it helps if we don't, on both sides. Yeah. I mean, again, like, I, I am firmly siding with the players on this, and I think that while, while a strike would hurt the league, I think also 
going into the league with a CPA that undervalues players and has them playing in, in less than ideal conditions will also hurt the league in the long run. And especially because the league, you know, has a has a goal of getting up to the same level of prestige and quality and competitiveness as top European leagues. And okay. that's just not going to happen without things like free agency and without things like paying them competitive wages. You know, this is if 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 MLS honestly cares about the long-term health and growth of the league and of soccer in the US, then they need to pay players a fair market rate and give them more control over how they manage their careers. And for me, it's not just an ideological labor versus capital argument. It's also good business for MLS to get to make those kind of concessions to the players and give players a bigger stake in the league. Socialism is so, good for business. <laughs> I'm not being ironic. I, I, yeah. I know you're not. That's what makes it so cute. <laughs> Anywho. Oh my. Indeed. So I think that's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. It's always fun hanging out with you. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the past hour and a half or whatever this ends up being of bad puns and sass. Mostly sass. Mostly sass. I don't think we had many bad puns. Except for this adulterous. And that wasn't really ours. Yeah, no. Um, it was mostly sass. But you know, sass is good. I like Send sass. us puns. Send us puns. Send us sass, too. We, we like some good sass. Send us questions. Send us comments. Send us fanfic. Keep it PG. Yeah? Um, send me Steven Gerrard Panini cards with an LA Galaxy jersey. I don't know who you are anymore. You're not the man I married 30 years ago. Thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Good lord. Can you imagine us on a TARDIS? I mean, really. If we're this ridiculous now, imagine being stuck for centuries in a time machine. Taking taking our show on the road throughout, throughout time and space. The universe. Do you think they play football in other galaxies? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we'll travel to the so, far future where there's like a, a a galactic Premier League. So, what's their stance on on simulation and diving? I would imagine I don't know honestly. I feel like the Jadoon would be the 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 Hooniverse's answer to Stoke. You know. Ah. Uh, Daleks would be Manchester just... United. <laughs> Cybermen would be Manchester City. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a whole other thing we have to get to. Ah, uh, we don't have time because we're... Oh, my gosh. All right. Tell us tell us what aliens would be, which team, you guys. Doctor Who and football. Um, I think Real Madrid yes. would be those evil cats. Yes. You know, uh, in one of the audio... In one of the audio dramas, the Eighth Doctor mentioned that uh, he was a Liverpool fan and he traveled back in time to go to the yes. Five Champions League final yes. in Istanbul. I recall this. 
And in a, in, a, in, a com, in a comic, uh, the Ninth Doctor went to the uh, uh, Christmas truce in World War One, where the English and German soldiers played football. Oh. Um, oh but, wait, but what was the name of that? What was the name of that alien species that like they their cats? I know what you're talking about. I don't remember. That's that's what Real Madrid is. Cats. Yes. Cats. cats. <laughs> Evil cats. Well, no, they're not necessarily evil. Well, I mean, they, that, were good that, in, they were good in one episode, but they were pretty bad in another. Yeah, but you can say the tr- same of humans and Time Lords. Real Madrid are from the evil episode. Well, we'll, talk, we'll discuss this in a later episode. <laughs> For now, I say to you, Mel, strip uh-huh. Come on, you nerds. And we'll see you next time. DFTBA. Best wishes. Mine, 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 Cats and dogs oh, no. living together. Mass hysteria. I'm not complaining about the forehead. At least out. you have to look at the acne on my chin. Yeah. I don't judge. That's because your chin is invisible. Well, it's buried under beard. Yes. Mm. Mm. Wearing a disguise. <laughs> a cutting ruse. <laughs> I, I firmly Who knows what could be behind the furry growth? <laughs> it might be anything. Context is everything. Oh, gross. Mm. Come on. You know what? You know what? Yeah. No. I... Say. All right, all right. Oh my god. I don't know how you're going to edit this. <laughs> Neither do I, to be perfectly honest. Alright, uh, that's all I've got. Oh, for the whole god. <laughs> right, I have to start oh, this episode. <laughs> this episode. Disclaimer it is very cold here. That is why I'm wearing so many layers. It is very cold. Uh, not quite half levels yet, but we're getting there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when, when it's, I'll let you know when it's time to slit open the dead animal and hide inside. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Star Wars, teaching young children survival techniques for generations. You know, if I had a dollar for every time a girl told me that. Um... <laughs>
Good lord. You would be broke because I'm the only person who's ever said that before. Hey, hey, a dollar still puts me in like the global 70% of wealthy people. So, you know, that's a dollar is nothing to sniff at. <laughs> I could leave True. a very nice tip. No, actually, I couldn't. I could leave part <laughs> of a very nice tip for a pizza delivery person. 